Hi guys, it's um, Andy here. Um, quick disclaimer before we begin. Um, I am aware that I did say the AFC South rather than AFC West. So when you do listen to this podcast and you do hear the mistake, I do, apo- do apologise in advance. But hopefully you can all forgive me and re- realise it was a, an error. But yeah, look forward to the podcast and um, we shall get going in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast. I am your host Andy and we are here for a week three review. Uh, it is just me this week, I am going solo. We haven't got any guests this week, but we will. We should have some guests next week. Um, but this week you'll just have to hear my voice uh, as I just go through all the games. Our usual sort of routine of going through all the games, reviewing them and etc etc so the week started on Thursday night football in Houston as the Houston Texans lost 24-9 to the Carolina Panthers uh, Sam Donald threw for a 68% completion with 23 of 34 passes completed he threw for two touchdowns and 304 yards with um, Texans quarterback Davis Mills doing fine he threw for one touchdown and 168 yards but it, it wasn't enough uh, the, Panth- the Panthers were too strong uh, for Houston um a slight download of this game was Christian McCaffrey. Uh, their star running back got injured, um, but it's likely to be just for three weeks. That's what they're saying at the moment. But some positivity is that his replacement, Chubba Hubbard, um, ran for 52 yards. Um, and yeah, he, he was sort of someone I would I put in my fancy team, someone I was impressed with looking at his college tape. But from what I've seen in the NFL, clearly obviously he's not as good as McCaffrey. He's not at that level yet, but I think he's shown to me and plenty of others plenty of sort of of optimism, plenty of encouragement that he can be a good um, second choice back. And if you've got if, if you haven't got him in your fantasy and you've got McCaffrey, I'd say get Chubb in. I think it's Tuba actually is how you pronounce his name, but get Hubbard in. Uh, he could be a good fantasy option. Maybe not as your as your lead back, maybe as a flex option or something like that. Um the Panthers defense once again spectacular. Uh, they they forced one force fumble. They had four sacks with Hassan Reddick recording one point five of those with three quarterback hits as well. He was excellent, I thought, Arizona that season, and he's carrying that on in Carolina. Uh, the last, they are three and zero. The Carolina Panthers, whereas the Texans are now one and two. The last time the Panthers were three and zero was their twenty fifteen Super Bowl season, where they got to the Super Bowl fifty, but ultimately lost to the Denver Broncos. Um, in terms of their schedule, they've got a fairly favourable one. They started off with the Jets, the Saints, and now the Texans. So three fairly, the Saints, they're all quite inconsistent so far, but the Texans and Jets haven't been too great. I'm looking here at their, their rest of their schedule and um, they've got teams like Philadelphia, the Vikings and the Giants and Atlanta. They've also got Washington, Miami, Atlanta again and then New Orleans again. And I think these games are all very winnable games. Um, tough games against the um, the Patriots, yeah, the Cardinals, uh, who they'll play um, just once. And you've got obviously Buffalo, Tampa Bay twice as well. So they've got mostly a fairly favourable schedule. I mean, I looked at all the games I could see him winning and I had him down as like an 11-6, 12-5 team. Um, but their defence is going to win them games. I really do think they're excellent because they're so far number one in total, yard, total yards uh, per game. They're number one in passing yards um, allowed, rushing yards allowed, and they're second in points allowed. So all those defensive stats I've just given you there are all showing me an amazing sort of defensive unit they have. Um, you look at sort of last in the last year's draft when they took all their players who were defensive players. They did 
didn't take a single offensive player. And I think now it's showing that now we've had a proper off-season. These players have had, had a year to sort of work together. It's, for me, it's really showing their value in the draft sometimes you have. And I think you got, obviously, Brian Burns, who's an excellent player. Hassan Reddick as well. Dave Brown showing potential at times as well. Uh, and even on offense, Sam Darnold looks way more the accomplished quarterback that we did see in, in the new in, in the Jets. Uh, but at the same time, I still think he isn't going to be at that top level. You know, likes of Mahomes, likes of Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. I th- still think there's some limitations to his game. But he looks steady, and he he can be steady because he's got that amazing defense. So I think for me, as long as he's steady, I think he's going to be excellent and really serve, serviceable quarterback for the Panthers. And I think that we are seeing a much more better quarterback. So I think the Carolina Panthers, um, in terms of their division, obviously it's very hard having the likes of Tampa Bay in your division. So I think their best hope is probably, even though the Bucks lost, um, it is still the Bucks division to lose. I, th- I can't see anyone else but Tampa Bay winning that NFC South. But in terms of the wild card, in terms of the playoffs, I think Carolina are definitely a team to watch. And I think there's a stat about 75% of teams that start 3-0 end up making the playoffs. So the Carolina Panthers... Seem in good hands with Matt Rule, and they're having a good start to the season. Now, the next game we're going to focus on uh, before uh, is going to be the Buffalo Bills beating the Washington football team 43-21. I mean, what Buffalo look back to their best. They look back to a team we all saw last season, a far cry from that week one loss to Pittsburgh. But what has happened to that Washington defence? That's one thing I really want to get across, because their schedule is unfavourable in terms of they got a lot of hard games due to winning the division last season. And they've had, obviously, the Chargers, they've had the New York Jets, um, sorry, Giants so far this season, and then Buffalo. So they've had sort of, obviously, not a great team in Giants, but they played a good team in Buffalo. But their defence has really gone downhill. If you look at their 2020 stats, they were second in total yards, total yards per game and passing yards um, allowed. Um and they were 14th in rushing yard, rushing yard allowed, and they were 4th overall in points, total points given away. Whereas now, albeit only three games in, so there's a lot of time for this defence to improve, but they're 31st in total yards and total yards per game. They're 29th in passing yards allowed. They're 25th in rushing yards allowed, and they're 29th in points allowed. Now, there's been no change to their defence. They've, um, I don't believe they lost any defensive coordinator, they've got the same head coach, they've got that same core we were, I was praising so much in our preview podcast, you know, like Jonathan Allen, Chase Young, John Bostick in the linebacker position, that defensive line, with um, all the players they have in that defensive line, look at Montez Sweat as well on the edge, and it's really a surprise how downhill they've gone, because if their first three games had been you know, Tampa Bay, Green Bay and Buffalo, we'd be thinking, oh, okay, fair enough, they're playing some good teams, but Yes, the Chargers look good, and yes, obviously Buffalo look good, but the Chargers, especially week one, that's probably been our worst performance all year. Um, and I think, and obviously the Giants, the Giants said not dead zero and three, but I just think there's something wrong with that defensive line. I think are they just rusty? Are they just? Because I didn't, I didn't watch, I didn't watch any Washington games in the off season, so I couldn't tell you whether their defense played games in the off season, whether their defensive line unit got game time. Um, it wouldn't surprise me more if they were a team who maybe rested their players due to how good that line is. But even so, that it's been three weeks now. It's not been just the first, the first week's always a sort of telling about which teams have played players in the preseason, which haven't. Um, not a lot of these teams now used week one as preseason. But um, I think yeah, it's been three weeks now, and they're still not performing. So it is a worry for Washington fans, especially with you know Dallas Cowboys that much improved 
on defence than they were last season. So they're going to be clearly the division favourites. And I, for me, I can't see anything different now. Um, so yeah, Washington have to be careful because I still think I mean, the offence isn't shining. I like Taylor Heineke, but he isn't sort of that callback you want to solve when you win your divisions, when you playoff games. Even though I do like him, I still think he's got some limitations. And I think that offensively, they aren't doing enough to overcome these defensive issues. I think they've got a real problem coming up for the rest of the season. Um, other games round up, the, the Cleveland Browns beat the Chicago Bears 26, and the Arizona Cardinals continued their impressive start to the season with a 31-19 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars to go 3-0. and um, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick for the Jaguars, had another disappointing day. He threw for a touchdown and 219 yards, but he also threw for two interceptions and had two fumbles. Um, that's one thing I want to address. I'm seeing a lot of chat on Twitter about he's now a bust and people are sort of getting onto this bandwagon that he's a bust. And yes, he hasn't looked good. I mean, one of his interceptions, I will say, was down to him, but one of them was actually a good pass. It was just um, sort of bad hands from the from the receiver at the time. Um, so I think Trevor Lawrence, people need to calm down. It's been three games, um, and I think people are comparing this to Tua and saying, why isn't Tua getting the same sort of lack of bust talk as he is? But at the same time... Um, Tua has showed nothing for me apart from that Cardinals game, apart from that Patriots game last season. He's shown to me nothing that shows he's going to be a franchise guy. He looks scared in the pocket. More on Dolphins later on, but he, he looked scared in the pocket. He looked really just... He's not for me. He's looked steady. He looked like his his stealing is like sort of average level, like Sam Darnold, even Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, that kind of level... I. I've not seen anything yet where that shows me, yes, he's the guy. People are always going about Josh Allen's first two seasons, but even in those first two seasons, he showed potential. And it's the same thing with Trevor Lawrence. Dwayne Haskins showed no potential in his whole time as a starter for Washington. But Trevor Lawrence, yes, he's made some bad throws. And yes, some of them are on him. But at the same time, he's made these passes which are unreal. And he's made these exceptional deep balls, these exceptional sort of accurate balls. And I think that you've got to take sort of the pros and the cons of this because yes he's he's number one overall pick and as a result he does go to the worst team and therefore he's going to have a bad team around him he's got a few good players but overall it's not a great roster and his his O line is one of the worst in the league if not the worst in the league and that is his problem um but even with the O line problems he's shown he's, he's made these throws so for me I think Jaguars fans if you're listening you've got nothing to worry about he's shown enough to me to show that he can be the franchise guy. He just needs time to learn the NFL and the team needs to get better around him because he's not going to succeed if he has that bad of an O-line. Um, but in this game, the um, Jaguar special teams player, Jonathan Agnew, um, ran for the longest play in NFL history with a 109-yard um, um, field goal return for a touchdown. Um, Matt Prater went for the record field goal, which actually was broken in a, in the same weekend not long after this happened, but he, he makes a kick, it's short, it's caught by Agnew, who runs, keeps going. I mean, there were some broken tackles as well from Agnew in this play, I mean, gaps are opening up left, right and centre, and and yeah, he just went down, straight down, and into the end zone. And this is once again, we mentioned him last week, but Gus Johnson did some excellent commentary in this game. Um, it was excellent last week with the Vikings-Cardinals game. Him and Aqib Dalib covered. But once again, it was excellent commentary from Gus. Um, and there was actually a comment on Instagram from NFL UK to get him 
on the commentary for Super Bowl. And I think personally that would be excellent because whilst I like Romo and Nance, whilst I like Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels, whilst I like I like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, I think that I think Gus Johnson and Nikita Leave have provided a bit of humour, but also just an excellent um excellent calling of the games. And I think that they deserve they I doubt they will because the big three networks they want you they want the Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, they want the Jim Nance and Romos, they want the Aikman and Buck. But I think that I think personally this would be an excellent thing to happen, but I can't see it happening. Um, other games, the New Orleans Saints beat the New England Patriots 28-13, whilst the Atlanta Falcons beat the New York Giants 17-14 with a um, game-winning field goal from Falcons kicker Young Wei Ku. The Cincinnati Bengals beat their AFC North division rivals, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 24-10, whilst Tennessee Titans beat uh, their own division rivals, the Indianapolis Colts, 25-16, to gain a two-win lead over their uh, AFC South rivals. Now I mentioned a kick before, the Baltimore Ravens beat the Detroit Lions 19-17 thanks to a game-winning um, record 66-yard field goal from Ravens kicker Justin Tucker as time expired to beat the Lions. Well, also, this, this this actual kick hit well off the crossbar. Um, however, this is one of many dodgy officiating this weekend because this play should not have happened. Um, just before the field goal, the Ravens um, snapped the ball and after a few seconds, they threw out of bounds to stop the clock. But actually, time had expired well before the actual ball snapped. And really, someone should have picked up on this. Because if that if that was rightly called, you know, delay of, delay of game, penalty, that would have moved them back five yards and that would have caused a 71 yards. That would have been. And the fact that it went off the crossbar shows that if he was any further back, he probably wouldn't have made the kick. So, Lions fan, I've actually been really impressed with the Lions. I think they've... What they've lost all the games, they've showed tremendous fight in their games. They've showed tremendous sort of um, passion in the game. I think Dan Campbell, who his press conference before the season started about biting people's kneecaps, um, I think that's what they needed. They needed someone to be sort of gung ho, but at the same time, not be too gung ho. That you saw with Patricia, he went a bit too far. But I think Dan Campbell's done an excellent job so far. Whilst they've lost all their games, I think every game they've kept it close pretty much. Look at the Forty ers game. You look at the um the Packers game last week for at least the first half of that game, and then you look at this game, um the Ravens who beat the Chiefs, of course, the week before, to take them really to lose by two points and lose to that kind of circumstances. You have to praise the um the Detroit Lions for how they performed, even though they are the on getting the wins. Um other the next game I want to focus on is the Los Angeles Chargers beating their division rivals, the Kansas City Chiefs, 30-24. But really, the Kansas City offense beat the Kansas City offence because they had four turnovers in this game. Um, there was two interceptions from Patrick Mahomes, who also threw for three touchdowns and 260 yards. But also there was a touchdown, a fumble, sorry, from Tyree Kill and Clyde Heads with Zolaire. I mean, Hilaire actually was their lead rusher with 100 yards, but he also threw, um, the, um, recorded a fumble. Whereas with the um, Chargers, Justin Herbert, uh, he threw for 281 yards with four touchdowns and no picks including a two-point conversion as well. In terms of the game itself, it was fairly um, sort of even when it came to sort of who led what yardage. I mean, look at the rushing yards. I mean, the most um, Chargers could muster up was, 50, was 55 rushing yards from Austin Eckler, who also caught 52 receiving yards, whereas the aforementioned um, Edwards Hilaire ran for 100 yards. Um, but then at the same time, look at their receiving yards. I mean, Mike Williams had 122 yards and two touchdowns from seven receptions. Um, but, but like Keenan Allen had 50, 
Nicole Hardman had 33, Tyreek Hill 56, but Travis Kelsey had 104 receiving yards, whereas Jared Cook had um, 27. So it was all fairly even in that in the stat side of things. I mean, obviously the no picks and four touchdowns from Herbert is much better than the three touchdowns and two picks from Holmes. But for me, it was those offensive fumbles. They they won the Chargers game, and I think the Chiefs beat themselves. Um, and I think that... Um, this really shakes up the AFC South. And talking to the AFC South, the Las Vegas Raiders beat the Miami Dolphins 31-28 in overtime, um, which now makes it a very interesting AFC South. Now, um, I will get onto my views on that game in a minute, but in terms of the AFC South, you look at um, how the division stands now. You've got the Raiders on the 3-0, the Broncos who won 26-0 over the Jets. Um, they're also 3-0, whereas the Chargers are 2-1, and the Chiefs are actually 1-2. In this division, and before I forget, um, get off soon. Andy Reid, he was actually taken to hospital um, after the game. Um, he was checked over originally by the medical staff in the stadium, but then he was soon taken to the um, sort of Kansas hospital. So it's all fine from all we've heard. There's been no sort of further problems. It's all been sort of all positive news. But um, Andy Reid, get well soon. But in terms of this division, AFC South, it really is getting interesting now because we are. As I said before, we are only three weeks in, so there's a lot of time left to go. Um, but look at the Chiefs' schedule. They've got a fairly hard schedule, albeit that is because they were so good in the last few years. But they've got they had Cleveland, Baltimore, Chargers first three games. They've got to play Philadelphia, Buffalo, Washington, Tennessee, then the Giants, Packers, Raiders. Um, and there's there's also other games involving... I believe the Cowboys, the Bron- they have a bye week, and the Broncos, and the Raiders, and the Chargers, Steelers, Bengals, and Broncos. So there's some winnable games there, but also some very hard games. There would be the Packers game, the Cowboys game, even the Raiders game, and Chargers game. The division games are always tough. And I think the Chiefs may be another victim of Super Bowl hangover. I think they, that they were my pick before the year to win the Super Bowl. But I think for me, the way it's going this season, I think there's a possibility they, they could... First of all, not win the AFC South for the first time in five, six, seven years, whatever it's been. But also, there's a good chance they may not even make the playoffs because the AFC is locked, is loaded, is absolutely stacked with all these so many good teams. I mean, Dolphins, I thought, would be up there, but they've been poor so far. But you've got the Bills, you've got the Patriots. Dolphins, I think, will get better. They've got a hard start to the season. You've got people like the Colts, I think they're 0 and 3, but I think they're going to improve. You've got the Titans, you've got. Um, obviously, for me, the second best division of football in the AFC North. You got the Ravens, you got the Bengals, Steelers, Browns. There's a lot of good teams in this AFC, and you have to be really on your game to make the playoffs. Look at last season: Dolphins had ten wins, they made the playoffs. NFC Bears had eight wins, they made the playoffs. So there's a real difference in divisions here in quality. And I think the Chiefs, for me, they. I think offense would always be a factor to win them games. I think they've got the best quarterback, the best tight end, one of the best receivers. Um, and they've got one of the best kickers, but I think defensively is where they're going to struggle. This is actually a problem a few years ago, which is cost them a place in the Super Bowl the year the Patriots beat the Rams. Um, and we, we saw this well in our season when they gave up 50-something points in that game against the Rams. Uh, I think they lost 56-51 or something like that, I want to say. But look at their stats so far. They're 30th in yards and yards per game, um, sort of, um, total yards given up. Uh, they're 24th in passing yards allowed. Um, they've given up... They're, 30, they're, they're 31st in rushing yards allowed. 
Um, with actually, albeit the Chargers, 32nd. Uh, but they're, they're last in points allowed, which is an amazing stat for someone who's been to two straight Super Bowls, three straight AFC Championship games. They've won five, six straight divisions. So for me, that defence, it was a worry a few years ago. It got better last season, albeit um, they still had problems in the Super Bowl. But I think there's a real problem here with their defence. And their run defence has always been a problem for as long as I've known them under Andy Reid. Uh, and I think... Neil Reynolds made a great point, and he always makes his great point on podcasts. That look at their two Super Bowls. Obviously, they lost thirty-one nine, I think it was last year, and they were behind for a lot of that game against the 49ers. It only took only a fourth quarter comeback, so really they've been behind in at least um, six, seven out of eight quarters in two Super Bowl appearances. So that is that's a worry. That's a worry, and they can't just rely on Mahomes. And I think with the salary cap, that's going to be an issue in a few years with the amount of money they're paying Mahomes. Um, I think. They have to be careful here. They have to be careful of not being another victim of the Super Bowl hangover. No one thought last year the 49ers would be six wins at the end of the year. No one thought they'd have a bad year, albeit injuries rather than bad defence. Um, but yeah, I just think overall that, I think with Raiders looking good, Broncos I think are being slightly forged in their 3-0 start. They've played some bad teams, but the Chargers look very good. They've got Coy Lindsay, he, was, he did some excellent play on the weekend. In that game, he was blocking so well. And then you've got the Raiders, who again, I think... A different team in September than they are in December and November. They often seem to crumble, but the way they've started, they look excellent. Derek Carr looks really good as well. But I'm going to go back to this game, the Raiders game against, as as a Dolphins fan, it's, it's, another, it's another rant. Another week, another rant. Um, I think there are some positives in this game from our side of things. You look at, um, we came back from 25, I think it was 25, um, 17 down or something like that. We got the touchdown and the two-point conversion. Um, for me, that, that showed character. That showed for me a level of we can fight back in games. And I think that uh, as even Howard would want to get an excellent, he was again a factor for our defense. But problem for me was the offense once again. I mean, we were fourteen 0 up at one point. At that point, teams can sort of can get comfortable, can get comfortable, get complacent, and this showed in this game because our offense, as soon as we scored that, went fourteen 0 up. Also, we got the pick six touchdown. We got touchdown from Malcolm Brown, who I thought was decent in parts. He, I think he was good in that power back role that Miles Gaskin lacks. But it, we, we got complacent in this game. Um, and the play for me is one of the worst play calls I've ever seen in an NFL game. One to bring to mind is the one last year with kicking a field goal rather than going for it. On, going for it. Uh, Packers back last year. But I think for me, I've not seen a more dumb, stupid, incompetent play call than that. We've got two offensive coordinators. How is this happening? You got first of all, why have you got two? Anyone who follows Liverpool will know the Gerald Houdier and um I forgot his name now when they had two managers at the same time. Everyone saw from that it wouldn't work out. So why the hell we got two two coordinators? You've got George Lexi, you've got Eric Studsville, you've got why have you got two? And we all moaned last year, Dolphin fans, about the Changeli playbook and how that was limited to uh and how that was um not helping us perform, but so far the playbook doesn't look much better from these two. I mean, why is it this is that one play with 14 and that we gave away safety because we threw a screen pass in our own end zone? Why? Why are we doing that play? Why is that even an option? Who who's going into that play pre-snap going, all right, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a screen pass? First of all, it, it was overthrown, first of all. So um Jalen Walter had to really reach high for this ball. Um First of all, and Jaden Waddle, whilst we're here, Jaden Waddles has been te- was terrible in that game. He did nothing. He showed signs now and again on offense, but 
But he's had, he's had some poor, he's had some poor stats and poor performances and a few fumbles and obviously that safety as well. But I just have it, it's beyond me how anyone could think that's a good play to good play to um to call. I mean, Miles Gaskin would have been the wrong option. I mean, Malcolm Brown would have been the perfect guy because he's power back. He can he can push through. I think just to get out of that end zone, you don't have to. Even if we punted it away, that would have been that would have been absolutely fine if we punted it away because we wouldn't have lost confidence. But that knocked all our confidence, all our mojo out the window. We we gave away 20, 25 unanswered, unanswered points. Yes, we, we, did, we did well to come back from that, but we still let 25 points go without reply, and that offence was really bad, really bad. Um, and obviously, Toy Cost, we lost Toy Cost, but we did, we did um, you know, we managed to limit them to just a field goal, so that was our chance, perfect. We got a chance now, and fair play, we did, we did throw some deep balls to Fuller. I think Brissett, fair play to him, he looked better in this game than the Bills game, but he did try a deep ball, so fair play to Brissett. I can't really fault Brissett. He had a much more better game this time round. But um, for me, also he got the field goal. But then we allowed that. I can't think who the player was now. It might have been Henry Ruggs, might have been someone else. But we allowed that massive play um, to get them into field goal range and winning the game. So for me, I think next game is huge again to Colts. I mean, they're 0 and 3, we're 1 and 2. Neither team has had a great start to the season. Um, I have some confidence because I don't think um, the Colts have been exactly great, but neither have we. Um, I think Brissett will improve. He's improved from last week. So I think uh, we have to just stop doing it. We have to be more sort of better players than we have done. And I think that we have a hard we have a hard schedule, but we have some easier games come the stretch. So I think we have, we can't lose our heads. If we can get to 2-2, two and two, uh, we've got the Buccaneers week after, which is going to be an auto- automatic loss. Uh, can't see winning that game. And then we've got... Um, the Jaguars in London, which of course I'm going to. So Jaguars look poor, but if there's any team that's going to mess it up, it's going to be us and we're going to lose to the Jaguars. But I think we'll win that game personally. But yeah, I think that's a chance to win that game against the Colts, lose to the Bucks, and then beat the Jags. So three three, it's not too bad. That's not too bad at all. So I think that we can just we can just keep our heads. And we've got an excellent head coach in Florida. So I don't think for one second people should be calling for his head or saying he's on the hot seat. Because I think personally he's been an absolute revelation for our team. But Things have to prove in terms of the, the offensive coordinators because that was frankly shocking from them at times. Um, but we do carry on, and that was one of the later games. Um, we also saw the Seattle Seahawks lose 30 17 to the Minnesota Vikings, giving the Vikings their first win of the season, whereas the Dallas Cowboys beat the Philadelphia Eagles 41 21 on Monday Night Football. Um, again, Cowboys look good, but game I want to focus on, the last two games I want to focus on is the Rams against the Buccaneers and the Packers against the 49ers. So um, in terms of this game, the Rams beat Buccaneers um, 34-24. Tom Brady threw for 432 yards, one touchdown, one rushing touchdown, but had one fumble, whereas Matthew Stafford had 343 yards, uh, no picks and four touchdowns. Um, So in terms of this game... I want to focus less on terms of the game itself, but also in terms of the picture on the AFC moving forward. Because I do think that this was this can be seen as two ways. It can be seen as first of all, it can be seen as um, a message to the rest of the NFC and a sort of a preview of what's to come. But at the same time, we saw last year the Saints beat the Buccaneers twice in the regular season. I think they even beat them thirty-eight-three or something like that in one of the games. Uh, and then the Buccaneers beat the Saints in the playoffs. So I think that if there's one player in particular that you can't 
he shouldn't write off after a few games or um, is Tom Brady. I mean, the Patriots, when they had Tom Brady, there are so many seasons when they start off badly, they lose, like, I think they lost to the Lions once, they, they lose these random games which no one thinks they're going to lose, albeit Rams are a much better team than the Lions have ever been. But I think, in terms of, terms of this, I think that people, I think the Rams certainly showed me promise, and I think the Rams have certainly showed me they can be an NFC contender, and I think it'll either be them, the Packers, or the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl come February. But I think even though the Rams beat the Buccaneers and looked a way better team in this game, I think it's a long way to go in this season. There's still um, 15 games left to go for each team. Um, and Tom Brady and the Patriots were always better come December and come playoff time. So I think the Buccaneers, even last season, the Buccaneers um, were something like, I want to say 7-5, and 6-5 and five after their first few games. And then they went on like this amazing run, didn't lose a game until today. Not until today, until Sunday. Um, so yeah, I think the Buccaneers, people need to still think of them as a contender because I think they will be but I think this game will be the the NFC Championship game I think the Rams have been excellent I think people were before the season they were saying oh is Stafford going to be an upgrade is he going to be enough to take him there absolutely they have played some hard teams they played um, they played the who they played last week they played the Colts I think the Colts last week and they played the Bears, obviously the Bears first week. So they've had some mixed games, albeit only one win between those two teams. But I think this game, they looked excellent. Cooper Cup was once again excellent, not only for my fancy team, but also um, just generally. They got, you, you got another 100 yards, two or three touchdowns in this game. Cooper Cup is me, for me. He was the reason why the Rams didn't win the Super Bowl. His absence was key. Uh, his absence really should have been why they lost the NFC Championship to the Saints. But that dodgy call got him into the Super Bowl. But his 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 absence was key, I think, in the end. And he's just shown to me, uh, once again, why he's an excellent player. And he's going to be a massive update, upgrade to this team. Um, you look at Robert Woods as well, and, and a great second-choice receiver. You look at um, Van Jefferson, who's, who looks all right at times. And then, of course, you've got Deshaun Jackson, who scored a touchdown in this game. Um, have him. I said... I said, this last, I said this last week about Antonio Brown having been their third choice receiver at the Bucks. I think the same thing with the Rams. They have to have Deshaun Jackson all bit. He's aging a bit now. To have him as your third choice receiver, who's not going to be relied for every down, every sort of play. But now and again, you get him in those deep balls, get him in those in the slot or something like that. I think Deshaun Jackson will deliver, and I think he's going to be a massive um, addition to this team. I mentioned fancy. I mentioned last week my struggles in my one league. I'm three and zero in two leagues, but I'm not in three with one of the best teams I've ever had in fantasy, albeit a four-team league. I mean, that team I mentioned with Jackson, Henry, Taylor, Hill, Diggs, Andrews, uh, Cup, Sanders. Um, for, um, but here's the two things that let me down in this game. I lost by nine points. Um, I played Robbie Anderson. I thought against Houston he'd get points. But, and there was Darnold. He seemed to favour DJ Moore more than Anderson, so he's not going my team again. And I had Taylor McLaurin on the bench because they were playing Buffalo. He had ten points. For the same reason, I had Gibson, who got 17 points. If I had either of those in my team, that'd have been what's that? That's like a nine, eight point difference. Um, that may be enough, you know. And also, I mentioned before the Washington football team. They're my defense. They're minus three. So for me, I think this this week was a chance to win, especially with my mate forget forget to change his team, and he had Dalvin Cook still in his team. Um, so yeah, for me, massive boot me, and he had Devonte Adams. He had. Uh, who else did he have? Yeah, Justin Tucker, brilliant. Uh, Mahomes, 
Edwards Hilaire, who got the 100 yards, Calvin Ridley. Got, so I think he's got a good team as well, as he would for a four-man league. But for me, I think my next my next one is against um, Tom Morton, who I think who asked, who asked a question, I believe, on the Nat Coombs episode. So look at the matchup here. Um, yeah, Josh Allen against Jackson. He's got McCaffrey, but that will soon change. He's got Kamara, Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, um, who was actually injured at one point. Did he... Um, I think he came back on the pitch, but he wasn't anything special. But when the Seahawks run business next week, he'll get the ball rather than DK Metcalf. He's got Wother, he's got the G. Harris, he's got Jefferson, he's got Young Wei Koo. I've got the Browns defence against the Vikings, whereas I've got the Washington football team against the Falcons. I'm picking Jackson over Rodgers because he's playing Denver. But or do I play Rodgers, actually? No, because the Pittsburgh both have got good defences. I may have to get a third quarterback in and just hope they're playing someone crap. Um, have a look. So... So far, who's available quarterback-wise? Matt Stafford, ooh. Hmm. Do I get Matt Stafford in? I might have to get Matt Stafford in, have a third quarterback choice, and get rid of maybe... You know, I'm, I'm going to do it now whilst on the on the podcast. T- putting in Stafford on waivers, hope no one takes him in that time, and I'm getting rid of... Um, where is he? Robbie Anderson, because he's frankly been absolutely naff for me. So, yeah. Hopefully, like, hopefully no one else has taken him in my league because he's been excellent and I think he's going to be an excellent option on fantasy. But going back to the, the football, um, the final game I want to focus on is something like football between the Green Bay Packers and the 49ers. First of all, excellent game. One of the best we've seen this season with the Packers beating the 49ers 30-28. The, Ram, the Niners thought they'd won this game with a late touchdown from Kyle Jusic, but... Uh, much to their detriment, they allowed Rodgers to have too much time. I think he had he got a touchdown in 30 seconds, um, or got at least a field goal position in 30 seconds before Mason Crosby scored the winning kick. Um, but yeah, in this game, Rodgers threw for 261 yards, um, two touchdowns. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had a decent game. I thought he did really well. I've always been a Jimmy Garoppolo sort of um, defender, apologist. He had a good game. Um, 257 yards, two touchdowns, one interception and one fumble. So he wasn't perfect, but he had a good game nevertheless. Um, rushing yards, Green Bay were much better with 82 yards for Aaron Jones, uh, 31 for Trey Sermon. Uh, in terms of receiving yards, Devontae Adams had 132. George Kittle had 92. Whereas in terms of the sacks, um, Packers had four sacks, one interception that came from Jay Alexander. Whereas the 49ers had one sack and one forced fumble. So fairly even in these stats, but for me... The biggest headline from this game was the terrible, terrible officiating from the referees. There were a good two or three in this game that were um, were, were not called. Look at the... I mean, these two actually really... There's a few actors that should have been... I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo should have been done for intentional grounding. Uh, and then the next play, he next play two, he got a touchdown pass. I mean, that really should have been... I mean, Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Packers, was absolutely furious in, it, in this. Uh, I mean, Matt LaFleur was saying to the referee that he cost him seven points, and he did because that play was clearly intentional grounding from Garoppolo. There was no receiver at all in that area where he threw the ball. Um, and that, if the Packers lost this game, they won this game, so it doesn't matter too much. But if they lost this game, there'd have been some serious complaint from Packers fans as well as the floor and Rodgers. Um, later on in the game, um, there were some sort of, maybe sort of penalties that cancelled themselves out because... It was first of all a missed pass interference call, a missed sort of personal foul from um, defensive back for the 49ers, Jimmy Ward, um, with a helmet to helmet on Devontae Adams. A play that even saw him, um, Devontae Adams, go out with concussion um, for a bit of the game. 
Um, and I think for me that was really poor because the referee, I'll, when you want to watch a replay of this play, um, the referee was was there. He wasn't. He he was there, and he he could definitely. I think he definitely he could definitely see this play happening. So how he did not see that, and the fact that there was you know concussion protocol that that really should have been a sign for me, but then at the same time there was clear holdings from um there was clear holding from the um forgot his name the pack one of the Packers offensive tackles on Southampton Epicom. So I think for me, I think both teams had some really dodgy officiating, and I think in the end. The round the 49ers probably had more going their favour than the Packers, but I think overall both teams will feel really annoyed upon the referee that they didn't call they missed these calls. I think it was the weekend in general had the weekend in general had a lot of um dodgy dodgy refereeing, but that was by far the worst. And if you look at all that, there was one more, I can't think what the other one was now, but there was so much so much in this game, there was so much overall on the weekend, and Twitter was just in an absolute frenzy. Um but yeah. Packers will feel happy. 49ers, even they lost, they may have lost, they may have lost their unbeaten start. They go 2-1 after the Packers. But at the same time, I think both teams can be really happy with their performances. I think I mentioned the Packers, you know, the Packers, Buccaneers and Rams. I think also the um, 49ers have to be a Super Bowl contender because they've got the option of Lance as well. Garoppolo, I mean, he scored a rushing touchdown in that play that maybe shouldn't have happened. Um, but yeah, in this game, I think that, 49ers showed for me they've got enough on both sides of the ball to um, challenge the other teams. Whilst I think the QB situation will be their downfall, yeah, not that Jim Bob is bad, but I just think that Stafford, Brady, and Rogers are just that level above. And I think in the big games, they're going to um, do the business more than maybe the 49ers quarterbacks will do. But I think both teams can be happy, and I think both teams will be up there come February and January. But that does conclude our podcast for this week. Hope you've enjoyed just myself this week. Hope you hope you hope, hope it's been not too um boring for you without a guest. But um hopefully my fa- my fantasy team next week will do a lot better. But we will hopefully be having some guests back next week. So hopefully you'll be joining us next week for more NFL um previews as we go into week four. Um we'll so we'll review week four. Um and yeah, that's been all. So I've been Andy, I've been your host. Um and hopefully I'll come back to you next week with the Dolphins at two and two. So thank you very much and we'll see you soon.